So good evening. We're gathered on the uh, occasion of the remembrance of Prabhupada's departure from the world. It's the nature, or excuse me, uh, of departure from India to come westward and begin his preaching campaign. It's the nature, of course, of our sentiments, devotees' sentiments um, towards uh, the uh, important figures in their life, guru figures and so forth, god figures, to uh, commemorate any number of things that they may have done. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu departed from Jagannath Puri to make pilgrimage to Vrindavan, Krishnas Kaviraj describes that Pratapurudra Maharaj was a powerful king. His, uh, he was also referred to as Gajapati, the Lord of Elephants, which meant he was very powerful because he had many elephants. It takes a lot to feed elephants every day, a couple hundred pounds of food, so you have to have some resources. And he was also able, apparently, to keep the um, Muslims from penetrating into the into the Dham of Jagannath Puri, so it was a safe Hindu heaven, a haven at the time of the Muslim occupation, a champion of the cause of devotion and, and, uh, and Jagannath and so forth in Hinduism. But uh, he was converted, so to speak, to Mahaprabhu's uh, brand of Hinduism, if you will, Vaishnavism, the core ideas and so forth that he brought out. And um, and when Mahaprabhu left, as I say, departed to go to Vrindavan, make a pilgrimage there, the king sent a party ahead to make arrangements for wherever he would be the next night hmm? um, in terms of the journey camp that everything would be provided there would be food there would be fresh water and everything like that all the way as far as he could to the end of his his uh, jurisdiction hmm? and after Mahabharu passed beyond his jurisdiction then he spent, emptied his entire treasury to make monuments in all of the places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spent the night and did this and stepped here and stepped there and so on and so forth. A good use of money. Hmm? Uh, from a materialistic point of view, it's like throwing it in the Ganges and that's where probably you, could, you should throw it unless you have something better and spiritual um, to do with it hmm? because uh, it, won't, it won't save you hmm? from birth and death. It won't give you pain. Hmm? So, at any rate, the point being only that the movements of the Vaishnavas, another example, are, are something to commemorate. And uh, another example, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasadi Thakur started a program of um, installing uh, footprints uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, footprints that were thought to represent Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a mold in the, at the places that he um, uh, visited on his pilgrimage of South India. So he sent devotees ahead and they went so far and went to the places and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came here according to the records and so in conjunction with the local authorities a shrine was established there commemorating the whole of the tour 
of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I don't think they managed to complete the whole tour. It went so, so certain, some distance to the south. But again, it's another example of what we're, we're talking about, what we're assembled for. Um, a date that, uh, that is, uh, is, for good reasons, thought to be significant for many devotees, especially from the West and so forth, uh, who were the immediate um, recipients of that um, graceful passage across the, the sea, the bringing of Gaudiya Vaishnavism beyond the shores of India to the Americas um, for the first time, where it took some route, as we know, and, and uh, eventually from there was also um, in, implanted in other parts of the world, South America, Europe, throughout the Americas, Asia, and so forth. So um, we have uh, the information about the date because Prabhupada kept a diary. Hmm? And um, some of his disciples have published that, uh, that diary and a book about his journey also. It's a nice, a nice uh, contribution to the uh, community to immortalize the journey, which is certainly compelling and exciting to, uh, to recall. <clears throat> um, I should note that some controversy came to my attention today with regard to the idea that today was the disappearance of Sridhar Maharaj, Pujapat Sridhar Maharaj, and the day of Prabhupada's disembarking from India, heading west. And, of course, we're celebrating it, Prabhupada Sridhar Maharaj's disappearance tomorrow on the basis of the Chichitanya Saraswat um, calendar in Nadia, which is Shudhatana Sarasvath Mata, is the, the mission of Shudhamarsh that he uh, established. But um, there shouldn't be any kind of mundane thinking about one day is more important than the, the other. Um, you can really look at them in uh, many different many different angles and find them pivotal, or compelling, make an argument for one over the other. Um, and uh, we should avoid this kind of uh, fanaticism. Um, I think if we were to bear down objectively, and, well, it's, it's somewhat relative, but an argument could be made that for the disappearance of of uh, one of one's gurus would be a fairly significant event to uh, commemorate um, and might take precedence over another. But, it, but you know, as I say, you can talk about it from different angles and so forth. Sometimes people will say that, well, you know, if it weren't for Prabhupada, you wouldn't have Sridhar Maharaj. So how can you honor Sridhar Maharaj's disappearance and not Prabhupada's voyage and Someone could turn around and say, well, if it weren't for Sridhar Maharaj, you wouldn't have Prabhupada, because <laughs> Prabhupada said Sridhar Maharaj was his Sikshu Guru, and uh, he told um, one of his disciples uh, who related that, everything I learned, I learned from Sridhar Maharaj, because he didn't 
have very much direct access and uh, to an association with Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta. He often told us that over the period of the, the years that he was a disciple of Saraswati Thakur, he maybe met with him on uh, maybe 14, 10, 14 days, and not in a row, here and there, and so forth. And because of his situation at the time. Hmm. Whereas, Sridhar Maharaj lived in his house for six years, shortly after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And so, he learned very much from him, systematically, the uh, teachings uh, as they were presented by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, but we're not want, trying to make a case for that, but I'm just saying <laughs> that... Uh, that uh, probably not a good idea to try to make one event more important than, than another. And, and uh, you know, there are many dates that uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the appearance of, of Rupa Goswami, for example, well, where it would be without the appearance of Rupa Goswami. Though, but it's not uh, celebrated with such pomp and attention and passes by on many devotees' calendars. Hmm? And so, relative to our own situation, and relatively speaking, we're going to magnify one event over another. And often there are competing events. We get days, for example, where it's the disappearance of so-and-so, the appearance of such-and-such, and another person did this, and when someone disappeared and appeared on the same day or whatever. And so uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a whole calendar full of holidays and spirit is to, of each of these is to somewhat catapult us into making every day a festival. I've told before that once we did a, a kind of a spontaneous festival on a particular occasion in Los Angeles in the park and there was chanting and and uh, all day long and so forth. And then on the return, one of Prabhupada's sannyas disciples said to him that Prabhupada, the festival today was just wonderful. And Prabhupada looked at him and said, every day is a festival. Every day is wonderful. Hmm? So again, this is what these types of days that we commemorate and so forth are, are meant to um, help us to, to come to, get some enthusiasm, for our spiritual life and reason for being um, um, grateful, optimistic, and, and so on and so forth, and let that carry into into tomorrow, and there'll be another commemoration, and, and so on. Um, so, anyway, I guess it depends on your calendar. That's another thing. We have a different calendar that says one's on one day, one's on another. Um, I'm not good at calendars myself. I don't pretty much look at the calendar, and I may have to ask you what what day it is from time to time. So, um, I need a, a you know kind of a person who's like Gurmarsh. Today is this day, or tomorrow's going to be a Kadasi or, or that day. So, for me, every day is a festival, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So, at any rate, today an article about Prabhupada and Sridhar Marsh was published on The Harmonist. Hmm? One about his passing is by the editors is scheduled for later in the month. 
I guess someone had asked why there was no article about that. So, someone. so anyway, um, um, anyway, this day uh, is, uh, we're, we're fortunate to know about it and have a chance to commemorate it because of Prabhupada's diary, as I say. It was a day um, that Prabhupada longed for hmm, to get passage to America. And unlike many um, Indian um, men, young or old alike, who may have pined for a visa to go to America, where the streets were paved with gold, and uh, it was, could have, maybe that's really where Swarga is, where heaven is, kind of thinking. Unlike them, and with more determination than such persons who may have wanted to go to the Americas and uh, find uh, fulfillment of material prospect in great measure, um, with great determination and with a very different idea in mind, he wanted to go to America to be a beggar there, not to get anything, but to beg that people would take from him the uh, dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he thought, as we will explain as we go on, that he needed some power to to do to do that, to be successful in that. Um, he, in the words of Puja Marsh, emptied himself out entirely, made himself completely empty of any other uh, nuance of desire or aspiration. It's described in the Gita. He was one-minded and without that, you never enter this trance of spiritual uh, of, the, of, of no return. If you are Bogaishvarya, your mind is too much attracted by the glare and the glitter of material prospect. So it's very apparent in him this resolve and determination to go to America, which is how he interpreted a note or a letter uh, from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in response to his request of the Thakur that he might have some service, although he was outside of the mission, formerly being a householder and, and had some obstacles to being in the direct service of his Gurudev. He nonetheless sent a request and a couple of weeks before the passing of Saraswati Thakur he got this response and the essence of the response which he would often relate to us was that that um, you should try to preach in English that would be good for you and your countrymen in the world and Prabhupada took that suggestion as I often say as, as an order he, my Guru Maharaj ordered me hmm. and so he, he took like a one you know suggestion looking for some service. Imagine if he'd been said, do this, exactly. <laughs> How he would have, you know, adhered to it, just a suggestion. And he took it, this is, I asked for service, this is how he said, he has offered it to me. And then in his own way, of course, he, he, he reasoned how that could best play out formal, uh, uh, formally, um, or previously, some of his godbrothers had uh, gone to, to Britain, Great Britain, hmm? 
as emissaries of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And Britain, of course, at the time was the uh, most influential country in the world. It was said that the sun never set on the British Empire because it was so far and wide. Of course, after what they did to India, some people say the sun never shines in the British Empire anymore. <laughs> it's quite a cold little place, comparatively. Um, but um, emissaries, as I say, were sent there, and um, their success was limited. And it is also said that Pujapatrita Marsh told us that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur expressed a desire to have ten years in, in the Americas, in the United States, to preach. This was before World War II, and so he, apparently he could see that the United States would become the military industrial power of the world that it, that it, that it became. And um, so he had that type of aspiration. Pujapad Sridharmarsh told us that he got it 10 plus 2 in the person of Agurdev Pujapad Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupada, who spent 12 years in America. He also traveled around a little bit Europe and Central America and so forth, but uh, a lot of time spent in America and from, from America and the United States, the movement really. Uh, he planted the seed and it grew, and, and from there it, it went all over the world and back to India even, and uh, energized persons there whom Prabhupada had difficulty energizing and, and um, galvanizing for Mahaprabhu's mission uh, before his departure and coming to the Americas. He found the Indian public complacent and uh, he couldn't get a fire under them. He had one initiated disciple in, in India, Jansi. And he tried to form a society there, a mission there, and it was uh, relatively un- unsuccessful. And he abandoned abandoned it. And um, uh, he tried. Uh, so he tried there, and uh, I think he, he spoke quite a bit in English. His, he wrote the rules of the society there, and so forth, all in English. And um, he had uh, difficulty. He wanted to go to America, but he had difficulty um, uh, with the, te- with the uh, technicalities of, of making that possible. Um, and at one point he thought to go to Japan, hmm? and maybe from there to the Americas. That's when he, he wrote his, his book about uh, the um, commentary on the the chapter of the Bhagavatam describes the autumn and uh, rainy season in India. It's a beautiful chapter, a poetic chapter. So he wrote a commentary on that and sought to have it illustrated and made a connection with some Japanese cultural association or something like that. And there was hope at one point in his mind that he would get the visa, but it didn't, it didn't pan out. I forget the details. Hmm. Later, some of his disciples published that, that book with paintings from the Orient. They were done by Chinese people, a little bit different, but at any rate, um, the Americas was really his, uh, seemed to be his his uh, focus, and um, it was uh, uh, something, a place that he found out about, 
to some extent by reading what he would find in the newspapers, in the tea shops, where he would go, and the and they would be um, populated by uh, Indian Hindu gentlemen discussing politics about of the of the the, the new nation. I think India was founded as a nation, a sovereign nation, in 1942. Hmm? So it was the whole thing that we formed a nation. We're no longer different feudal kingdoms and not ruled by anybody. We have self-rule and so on. So this was quite a, a um, consuming subject. And there he was with the back to Godhead, you know, and wearing the traditional dress and so forth. And, um, and there he found, I mean, there was no internet to find out what America was about, and it wasn't, publishing wasn't as, you know, widely uh, available as it is, is now. It's apparent from his writings also that he was able to get hold of some Jehovah's Witnesses tracts or other Christian groups, little stories about the Americas, and then, you know, therefore surrender to Jesus, kind of purport the end of each one. They've gotten better nowadays, but... Uh, from the editorial point of view, so he he learned something about America. He had an interest, a burning interest, to read about the Americas and what the people think. Hmm. I I find that very that greed, if you will, for that to be very interesting because it's it's a very um, it's properly understood, uncovered or uh, ex, uh, excavated. What's that all about? It was it was a greed for 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 Guru Seva and uh, and and the distribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, excuse me dispensation mm-hmm. that kind of eagerness where he would he would um, uh, is uh, is is. Uh, is laudable. We can understand. He has some love for Krishna, <laughs> to, uh, to to think like that. And other people, are, you know, eager just to hear about Krishna. Mm. That's good too. But this is real interest. Mm. He had real interest in 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 embracing the the service that he had given been given in his own mind, which was really a suggestion that required a huge measure of sacrifice. There he was printing the back to Godhead and and whatever money he could get, he would take the train from Vrindavan to Delhi and he even schmoozed the, the, the printer, you know, said, I'll pay you later, you know, print now. He convinced the printer to print. Can you imagine? Here he is, he's got one doti from Vrindavan with his magazine in English back to Godhead and he he has no money, and he convinces the printer to print the, and I'll pay you later. He didn't have any credit check or any, you know. So it was just his charm, his enthusiasm, and um, on which he was able to get the printer and other such people to to help him. And with regard to the passage to America, this is very much the case as well. Somehow he came up. Uh, with the idea that um, that that uh, Sumati Murarji, hmm, 
who was a famous Balaba, not a famous Balaba, but she was a, a wealthy member of the Balaba Sampradaya. Um, the Balaba Sampradaya is prominent in Gujarat and and the Bombay area and so forth. And uh, I don't know how he made the connection. I don't recall exactly, but she had a um, cargo shipping line that she was the owner of. So she had boats and she was in the trade of, well, the trade industry. And so he approached her, probably at about 70 years old, for passage on one of her ships, on the basis of her being a devotee and him being a devotee and and the Bala, the Sampradaya, and the Chetan, the Sampradaya, they have a history. Hmm? Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada mentions covertly Balaba twice in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and his tradition, um, referring to it as the as the Mariada and the Pushti Marg that correspond largely with the terms, Rupa's terms, Vaidhi and Raganuga. Hmm? So after he... Uh, explains both Vaidhi and Raghunuga, he makes the comment, and others call it Mariada, and others call it Pushti. Hmm? So you can see there was some camaraderie between Balaba uh, Sampradaya and, and the disciples of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Balaba was a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and there were accounts, historical accounts of their meeting, and a number of times mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? So, uh, she had the, the means, and he had the enthusiasm, and made his case to her, but she felt it was not a good idea, because he was old, and that was an arduous journey. It wasn't a luxury um, Titanic trip, um, ocean cruise, and uh, number one, and secondly, of course, what would he do when he got there? It's not if there's not a system there for um, facilitating sadhus in Vrindavan. There's a whole system, right? You can go get a kitri any day of the week somewhere. Hmm? Uh, some ashrams. There's ashrams just for feeding the sadhus and or anybody that just dresses like a sadhu. You got a welfare system there, where you can go door to door and beg, and, and it's respectable. Mm-hmm. And it's part of, it's built into the culture. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing like that in, in the United States. You get arrested for it, for trespassing, or whatever. Um, and she was obviously a little more worldly uh, than, than Prabhupada, and those worldly sensibilities out of out of concern for him, she uh, raised. Uh, it will not be good. You're old. You're, and you should go to Vrindavan and stay there and leave the world. And um, as I was saying, uh, just I think last night, for a long, long time, the tradition was to become a Gaudiya Vaishnava, go live in the Dham. That's it. It was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati who on the. Um, um, pushing, if you will, of Bhakti Vinod for preaching, 
had the idea to go outside of India and outside of the Dham. What's big about the Dham? Outside of India. There are some sadhus and other sampradayas who think if you if you cross the ocean, that's it. Everything's lost. You, you, you lost your your caste, your your spiritual standing. You've, you've associated with with um, asatsanga, hmm? and um, you're forever marred, as Rupas and Atman were thought to be. Hmm? Of course, there are leaders for having taken service in the, in, the, in the Muslim government and so forth. But at any rate, um, she advised him to s- stay in, in India, and there, as I say, there's a, there's a system, and um, in America there is no such system. Where would he eat? How would he survive? He's old now. He should go to the Dom and die hmm, there, gloriously, remaining as a resident of the Dom. Hmm. The idea of going outside the Dom on the part of Bhakti Siddhanta to open a temple in Calcutta was revolutionary. What? Going to Calcutta? The land of Maya? Hmm. You should stay in the Dom and get have Sadhusanga and the holy Ganges. Here the names are always chanted. That's the kingdom of Maya there. The Dom is protected from this. It's the sensibility. And he had an idea, something like that his zone was wherever there was Maya, that he would go there. Because hmm? wherever there was Krishna, then Maya cannot stand. It's like wherever there's the sun, then darkness has no no standing. So this is Kirtan. Hmm? And again, I think that Prabhupada's preoccupation with finding out what America is about is like learning the Kirtan songs hmm? in a dynamic sense. Because Kirtan is about glorifying Krishna, glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur had this dynamic idea of kirtan that translated into calling the printing press the Brihat Murdanga, the big drum. Hmm? Because the drum can be heard from here over to Sanatan's cabin, but uh, the printing press can go all over Mendocino County, you know, something like that, and, and further as well. So um, that was a very dynamic idea and that a sadhu would be involved in printing and all this, you know, dealing with these mundane things that are part of that. So it was very um, difficult for some traditionalists to uh, to understand. He saw it as kirtan. Hmm. And um, and so Prabhupada's learning what's, what they're thinking over there and so forth is like kind of trying to learn a Bengali bhajan for us, how it goes, and so, how to, so that we can participate in the kirtan, so that he could go there and, and know how to respond to them, how to how to glorify Krishna in such a way that it might uh, fall on more receptive ears. Hmm. So, uh, at any rate, she advised him, you know, which is characteristic of the thinking of the time you're a sadhu, sadhus live in the dham. What are you even doing here in Bombay? You know, you should go there. And, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of sadhus and all kinds of people dressed as sadhus and so on and so forth. And, and then the, the measure of his conviction and the depth also of his preoccupation with uh, Guru Seva uh, didn't really register with her. Um, and 
her advice was understandable. But his response was uncharacteristic and spoke to her in due course of the fact that he was a person of extraordinary character when it came to Guru Seva as Prabhupada saw his whole um, mission in the West repeatedly again and again whenever he was praised he said I'm just doing what Guru Maharaj told me hmm, that I should preach in, the, in English in the West so therefore I'm just following his order that's all, all my success is coming from that he gave me this order I'm doing that everything coming from that so this was very much his, his, his Guru Nishta and he showed that uh, to her by his determination to not take no for an answer. And in a polite society that honors sadhus, that puts one in a difficult uh, position. Hmm. You advise the sadhu, no, oh, I can't do this, but here, take this money, go back to the dom, you know. Well, no, I want to stay. I want to go, I want to go. And, and he, I think he, he made a resolve and he stayed um, on her property, I think he sat outside and just chanted japa. And she looked out the window. He's still out there. Guy's still out there. You know, wake up in the night. You know, he's still out there. In the morning, he's still there. And so, this was how he got here hmm? by chanting japa, <laughs> uh, if you will, uh, with full uh, attention hmm? and resolve. And so, in due course, she acquiesced and said, I do have, you know, this cargo ship that's going on this date, and so on and so forth. And passage was arranged, and perhaps she was also instrumental then, I think, I guess, in his getting a visa. He Somehow he connected with somebody in Butler, Pennsylvania, some family. They were probably Bolivus, too, and, and nominally, just nominally. And um, so they, they gave, you know, the kind of a letter of we will provide for Swamiji, you know, housing and whatever he needs so that he won't become a burden on the, on the United States government. And with that and the passage on the boat, apparently he got his visa, passport. It's hard enough to get a passport in those days for an Indian person. And Prabhupada had no job, right? no job, no mission behind him to say, well, I've got this big mission and I'm going to America and expand it. You know, he had a big mission in his mind. You know, the story he told that he once he was sitting on a park bench in New York and some man came and sat down next to him and asked him about himself. And, and Prabhupada was saying, I have temples here, there, and this place and around the world and so forth. And, and the uh, man kind of, I guess, looked at him with some measure of disbelief, but he said, yeah, they're there. They're only separated by time. Hmm. So he had some vision of what he would, what he would do. It was said in his, own, his astrological chart that he would open 108 temples around the world, something like that. So, um, so he got uh, uh, her uh, permission, free passage, and, and the necessary papers, and so on and so forth, and uh, and on this day, which at that in that year coincided with the Baladev Purnim, the, the the day of the appearance of, of Balaram. So you know we calculate by the moon, and so it, it's different than this than the secular calendar's date 
annually it changes. Like this year we have Janamastami in the first week of September. Other years it may be in the first week of August. Hmm. There's some movement in that way in relation to our Western calendar. So on the day that he departed, it was the Baladev Purnim. So that's a, a beautiful uh, footnote to the ornament, obviously, to the, to the, to the story that um, that uh, it would his departure would be presided over the, the full moon commemorating the appearance of Balaram in the world who is um, the uh, in many ways presides over the uh, the uh, coward friend community of 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 Christian Balaram that Prabhupada also identified himself with. And, of course, as we know, uh, during the course of the journey, which was, which was not entirely uh, pleasant, as I say, it wasn't a luxury liner, um, and Prabhupada experienced some illness and even heart attack, I believe. Um, he wrote in his di- diary that he was living on the nectar of Chaitanya Charitamrita that was keeping him alive. Reading Chaitanya Charitamrita, he would share some some thoughts with the captain on the boat hmm? about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And uh, and today I cooked kitchery and it was good. I could eat a little bit. Hmm? I could digest a little bit. Hmm? And today I felt that Krishna uh, better, and Krishna is the captain of the boat, actually. He's, uh, and he wrote, of course, his most, wrote a couple of poems, but the more famous poem um, is the one in which he uh, negotiates with Krishna for the power to be successful upon landing hmm? in the Boston Harbor. And um, um, there he asks, Krishna for the power, hmm? the shakti, to do the preach, preaching. It said, Krishna shakti vini nahi tarapravartam. Without the power or the shakti of Krishna, one cannot be successful in the sankirtan. Hmm? And, you know, here I was going to a foreign country to do kirtan, so uh, it was a challenge. And he prayed fervently. He, as you know, he um, reasoned with Krishna in the refrain to his prayer, hmm, if you will, or the opening stanza that um, that uh, my dear friend Krishna, uh, it's known and fixed forever, like the pole star, that uh, that um, if Radharani is pleased for you, then your life is successful. Therefore, I reason with you that I am have been asked to do the bidding of Radharani through my guru, who is a handmaiden of Radha. She has asked me to come here and preach the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Western world. And I have no qualification to do that, but it will be good for you if you please Radharani's assistant here hmm, and give me the power to do that. It's such a, the whole of Gaudi Vaishnavas is contained within that opening stanza. The, the, the essence of Gaudi Vaishnavism is found there. It's very complete 
and uh, you could just meditate on that alone. And it's the heart of the whole, the whole tradition. And of course, as we know, and we are the observable evidence that uh, the prayer was was fulfilled in no short measure, and that Baladev, who presided, as I say, on the poor name day of his departure, hmm, um, was um, in the form of his his extended self as Nitai Chand, the moon of Nityananda Prabhu, who shows a reflected, who, who is the reflective light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is bright like the sun, and his light reflects on Nityananda Prabhu, who is so receptive to it, hmm, that he then becomes a reflected luminary, and he uses his reflection to reflect back on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and put all attention on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and draw everyone to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and make it known that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the deliverer of the fallen by his own placing himself in, in difficulties in relation to, for example, Jagai and Madai, placing himself in the company of thieves and murderers and asking them to chant Hare Krishna and even risking his life and being, being abused there physically and so forth. He did this that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's glory might be known in the world as the one who delivers even the lowest of the low. Hmm? And Prabhupada's mission was similar like that, coming to the Western world. As I said, people would not even think, sadhus would think that sadhus should not go out of the dom hmm? because they'll get contaminated. And Prabhupada's idea was was like Nityananda, let me go to the places that are the most contaminated and then the power of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the fact that he's the friend of the fallen, that there are no qualifications to take to, to bhakti, except the faith, shadavan, janahe, shadavan, janahe, nadiyo gojuma, nitimanda mahajan. He set up a market just selling the name for faith, with great faith and conviction in the name, chanting on her, Mati Maharaji's lawn. <laughs> Uh, as they say, and then taking the boat and coming to America and beginning his chanting as he did. But anyway, there he wrote, and there he got the power. Sri Marsh liked to think there he so much made himself completely at the disposal of his of his Guru Maharaj's um, a- ambition. I don't even know if he was aware of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta's um, ambition to spend 10 years in America. That we heard from Sridhar Maharaj. We never heard it from Prabhupada. Of course, Sridhar Maharaj spent a lot of personal time with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, so he was, would have been privy to more of his thoughts and that he shared personally and aspirations and so forth. And Anyway, there he was, fulfilling it, the really extension of Bhakti Siddhanta's mission in a time when the mission itself, in a formal sense, was had... Um, um, broken up into different uh, factions, uh, all serving according to their might uh, within India. Some quarrelings among some sects. Some people were going the quar- quarrelling and going independent and doing something on their own um, as well. Like 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 Pujapashita Marsh would be an example, or Keshav Marsh who. Who are have become prominent also um, in due course persons who were close to Prabhupada and from whom he took sannyas, Keshavaraj, and 
who, who in turn had taken sannyas from, from Sridhar Maharaj. But, um, yes, uh, he, uh, he emptied himself out and the power of Nityananda Prabhu, hmm, the benediction moon of Nitai Chand, What does Naratam say? Nitai Padakamala Koti Chandra Sushita The lotus feet of Nityananda Nitai Padakamala Koti Chandra They're like brilliant like Koti thousands of radiant moons soothing and cooling like Arkobe Nitai Chandra Soothing from the burning uh, experience of samsara, hmm, compared as it is to a forest fire. So I've got these forest fires nearby us in Lake County and north, consuming acres and acres and acres, burning. Hmm. What will we have to pray for rain, something like that? Hmm. So. Is another guru like that, cooling, soothing, kind, and that shakti, the power of Nityananda, is uh, took its place in in a person of Prabhupada, and his request fulfilled. There he went and touched down on the shores of, as they say, the Boston Harbor. He got off the boat and said, "I didn't know whether to turn left or right." Hmm. He turned left and went to New York. He went to the butler's house, stayed for a short period. Hmm. There's some pictures of him holding up their kid and cooking, living with them. But that's not what he came there to do. Hmm. And so shortly thereafter, he collected himself and went to New York City. And I don't think he knew where he was going to stay the next night. See that kind of faith he had in Krishna. And basically he was a homeless person in the Bowery for some time and, and um, found his way through his uh, his preaching and the mission there began. So it's a very compelling, very, very, very compelling story um, in Gaudiya Vaishnav history and so worth commemorating. Such an example of Gurunishta and sacrifice, as I often say, sacrifice is the womb from which love is born. So we shouldn't be shy about uh, the sacrifice in the name of love. See how it plays out in a very dynamic sense. As I say, his preoccupation with what was going on in America, maybe looking at newspapers instead of reading the, the uh, Govinda Lilamrita or something like that. But, you know, it, it's connected. The poem that he wrote is very nice because the first half is all about sharanagati, surrender and faith and let me empty myself out and have the power and you know, what can I do? And, and then the second half he, he, he aspires. Tomara melane bai abarse sukapai gocharani guridin bor Having completed the mission, which he could, as he thought, give me the power, I'll do the preaching. Upon doing that, then this is my aspiration. Then the longing comes. Praying for Sharanagati to be a surrendered soul, he might be worthy 
of doing the bidding of the Guru, his Guru Maharaj, have the, get the power and so forth. And then uh, as, uh, with, with that, then some, some, with some deserving, he would desire. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Dhaka used to say, first deserve, then desire. Hmm? I said, look, if you want to go to India, that's great. Okay, you know, so get a visa, get a job so that you can get a ticket, passport. Let's talk about those things. So talking about getting a job, and he said, I want to go to India. Why do you want to talk about somebody to get a job? Hmm? Because I'm being very practical with you. In order to go to India, you need a ticket. You need a visa. And for that, you need money. So you don't even have a job, so get a job. Hmm? And so if you could look for a job, hmm, so, you know, I'm going to India, so I'm looking for a job. It's like, you know, they seem to be um, opposed to one another. Hmm. But obviously there's a connection as I'm explaining it. So to be as enthusiastic about getting a job as uh, disembarking from the plane in Calcutta hmm, is a kind of sustained and healthy enthusiasm that's that in the words of Bhakti notice is true beauty knowing your eligibility so I want to go to Goloka Vrindavan that I want now how I will go there I will be enthusiastic about every step hmm? even though the beginning steps may appear difficult and may look to be going in the opposite direction if I want to build a house I've given an example before and I commission you and you show me the plans and everything and I go there after a couple of weeks and all I see is a hole in the ground when the house is supposed to go up instead of down, I say, you know, you're going backwards. What are you doing here? And then you have to educate me. that we'll, Swamiji, we need a foundation hmm, to hold that building. So we shouldn't be shy to build a foundation and all the heavy lifting that's required with that. And Prabhupada shows that kind of example. And it comes out in his prayer also. Appropriately, he's praying for Sharanagati. And as much as that Sharanagati surrender and faith is, is in place. Sharanagati is the way in which faith shows itself, the visible expression of that faith. Hmm. Then, really, um, one is in an in a, uh, appropriate position to be longing for the ideal. Hmm. I've got the money. Hmm. I've got the, the ticket, and I'm waiting for the days counting the days, something like that. Hmm? Um, so, and as, I say in this, as I say in the second part of his poem, in this beautiful aspiration for entering into the cowherding leelas of Krishna is uh, brought forth in, Sedin Kavihavimor, when or when will that day be mine? When, hmm? I can go throughout the forest, throughout the whole day, herding cows with Krishna, somersaulting, falling on the ground, and then, engaging in different sportive play and games hmm. uh, with my friend Krishna. When will and will this day be mine? So it's very um, beautiful, very um, instructive. And, um, and just as we know that he was successful in the preaching, that we are the observable evidence we know he answered into the coward leelas of Krishna. Surely that aspiration was fulfilled. He showed the necessary, um, exemplified the necessary womb of sacrifice 
in which the love of Sankirtan is a sacrifice. Yagnai Sankirtan of prayer. Yajantihi Sumedasa. You gotta have little brains for all of this. Therefore, I often use the term wise love. You gotta have a, be a little wise. Wise people will do Sankirtan. And Sankirtan is a yagya. Yagya means sacrifice. Exactly. So from the from the womb of sacrifice, love is born. Hmm. So we see this in him. As much as he was successful in the Sankirtan, which is obvious, we are the observable evidence. We have confidence knowing the math, hmm. knowing the science. That oh, he has the he's entered there, hmm. and so we want to follow him there. We want to follow him externally that we might follow him internally. Hmm. So, a beautiful story, a beautiful example. We're fortunate to know the date of his departure and be able to reflect on it thanks to his uh, keeping a small diary and thanks to his disciples who discovered the diary and put it in print and even made a nice book about the whole, the whole trip. Um, Jala Dutta. Jala means water and Dutta means like messenger. So the water coming on the water came by the waters. Hmm. He crossed the salt ocean to bring us to the milk ocean. <laughs> so, any question? Yes. Um, it seems like the potential of the guru-disciple relationship can only be fully played out in Vaishnavism. I was thinking the other night that like, in the monastic tradition, it would just amount to like, a means to an end. That's right. One time Prabhupada was bathing in the Ganges, and he extended his hand to one of his disciples to... like. I do to get help me get up sometimes to get out of the water and so that devotee pulled him out when probably got on the shore he went like this and dropped his hand down threw his hand down the disciple went I, I did something wrong and Prabhupada said that is my lot they use the guru to get to the shore and then reject him hmm? so the, the same thing is true with God in the monistic Advaitin perspective. They use God. They use the guru. The guru is God. <laughs> and they use the two as a as a means to an ends, at which point they're dispensed with. There is no God, there is no guru. Mm-hmm. And um, and a, a point that you you don't raise that you didn't raise that further emphasizes this point uh, is that within Vaishnavism then the position of the guru in Gaudiya Vaishnavism becomes more important as well because uh, there you, 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 you enter the... Ideally, you enter the same group as the guru in the Leela and he's there and um, it's talked about at least in a way that it's not talked about as far as I know in the Ramanuja or the Madhva Sampradaya, the following. Hmm? It's something that continues... In that there's, we're not going to Vaikuntha for the perks or even for the Prem of Vaikuntha, which includes the perks of Sarsti, Salokya, Samipya, whatever may be the case. Um, 
but in 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 rag bhakti in Vrindavan, then this, the, the guru figure, as we say, becomes more important as we go on. We see other dimensions besides the external sadhaka day. We become acquainted with the inner life of the guru, and it, it becomes uh, the, the uh, instrumental in our own inner life. So, therefore, we're saying relationships see, eternal. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a much more beautiful. <laughs> idea than in this uh, Advaitin idea. So, did you bring back some vegetables? Was there a lot? Yeah. It's bountiful down there, huh? Good. Must be tired. All right, so then tomorrow we have the celebration of Sridhar disappearance, right? So I'll have a feast. Did you bring back any eggplants? Okay, so eggplant, tomato, curd, sabji. Hmm? Okay. Oh, good. Good. And local <laughs> growth as well. Well, I'm originally from Kurdish, and we brought the transplant. They brought the transplant. The starts here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Hmm. Okay, nice to be with all of you. Sri Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Bhakti Vakshuk Shidhar Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai. Gaur Nityananda Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premananda.